Welcome to the Westside Gathering Podcast, and thanks for making the time to learn and grow with us. Here, you'll find teaching from our live Sunday gatherings. After the message, we'll say a little more about our church and how you can connect. But for now, let's jump right in. I live in an older neighborhood, like built in the 60s or something, so when a a new construction goes up, it's like a big deal. You know, either the house was brought down or there was maybe an empty lot that's stood there for years, which is probably not the case, but there happened to be an empty lot on one of the streets in my neighborhood, and it's like this new construction going up. It's like brand new, like foundation and pouring the cement and... And then the structure and the frame and part of the insulation. And right now you kind of, you see the house, it, what the house is going to look like, but it's bare bones. It's bare bones for now. And it's pretty cool because I don't know about you, but I, I, does anybody love seeing like new, like new things go up when you see something pop up? Yeah, it's a fun thing. And whether it's a renovation project or something brand new, or maybe you're redecorating or something, but this new build for me, when I walk my neighborhood is so rare to see that when I see it, I get excited because you're seeing the foundation, you're seeing the pieces come together, and it's becoming something. Well, we know what it's becoming. It's becoming a house, and it'll be a home for, for some people. But, you know, it reminds me, when I see stuff like that, I, don't, I think there's something that connects with my spirit in some way that reminds me of something all of us long for. And whether you're, you know, a teenager, whether you're in college, whether you're in your 30s or 40s or 70s or 80s or older, I think, I believe that all of us deeply long for growth. We long to build something. I love, especially when I meet people in their later years, in their 70s or 80s, that they're still like, they still have this thing like, you know, I'm, I'm, still, I'm still seeing growth in my life. I'm still able to participate in something uh, to build. And I love seeing that because I think there's something deep inside of us that loves to see growth. And we started this new series, or now we're already into it, and it's coming to an end next week, but this series called Established in Love. And when we started it, we, we had this, this bucket here, and then I had like a false foundation, and, and you know, but here's, here's part of the rooting system that we've been talking about, because we've been uh, talking out of Ephesians chapter 3, verse 17, that says that, you know, as the Spirit strengthens our inner being, and Christ dwells in our hearts through faith... As we are rooted, that's why the word rooted is here, rooted and established in love. And we talked a few weeks ago when we started this series, the roots and foundation that go into any kind of growth, whether it's building a building or growing plants. And if you're here a couple of weeks ago, I had on the screen like a picture of my uncle's tomato plants, like record tomatoes in this one plant in this piece of soil that never had growth for 10 years or something in like 450 tomatoes or something. It was crazy, right? Because when something is rooted, it means that, that you're, you're there to grow something. And when you think about roots and foundation, roots and foundation are meant to build something on. When we think about our lives as followers of Jesus or part of the church of Christ, we recognize that part of that growth is a transformed life. Part of that growth is a community of faith that reflects a different ethic, a different value system, which is the kingdom of God. We think of a mission. We're going to talk about that next week. I'm so excited to wrap up our series next week with some of the themes in Ephesians. But we think about transformation, community, and mission. It's part of our, our heartbeat of a, as a church that we keep looking towards that. We keep looking towards that vision of, are we growing in transformation? Are we becoming a nurturing community with one another and others? Are we reaching out beyond ourselves? And when I think about these themes in Ephesians and this image of building a house, here's the big idea for today. Love builds. 
For rooted and established in love, and we see these other themes in Ephesians, these clues, love builds. Love builds something. True love always builds something. And Paul gives us a few more clues about love in Ephesians. And if you've got your Bible, turn to chapter 4. We're going to read a few verses from chapter 4, uh, verse 11 onward. And we're going to just jump into this section and pull out some of these themes of love that Paul, again, gives us these, keeps giving us these clues of how we're rooted and established in love and what that looks like is, as an overflow. So verse 11, chapter 4 says, The gifts he, talking about Jesus, the gifts he gave were that some would be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors and teachers to equip the saints for the works of ministry, for building up the body of Christ until all of us must come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. We must no longer be children tossed to and fro and blown about by every wind of doctrine, by people's trickery, by their craftiness and deceitful schemes. But, speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ, from whom the whole body joined and knit together in every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly, promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. Holy Spirit, we pause and, and ask you to lead us, to guide us, to captivate us. Those of us here in this room, those of us who are watching on home through different devices, God, we trust that you are, are going to speak to us through your word and in a way that will grab our hearts and our minds um, towards growing in the life that you call us to. In Jesus' name, amen. You know, when, when you read a text like this, and we can't get into all of it because we want to tease out some pieces, but it's all about growing. It's all about building. It's all about becoming something, becoming someone, becoming a community, becoming who God wants us to be. And part of what the becoming here, the building here, is what we often call the new family of Jesus. Why the new family of Jesus? Because we're like, you know, Simon and Sinaz are in different families than I am. They were born in a different part of the world than I was, but we have become part of the new New family of Jesus. All of us. That's part of what is going on here, what, what the building and growing and becoming is. And Paul refers to that new family of Jesus as the body of Christ, the, that Christ is the head and we are part of his body. And here he describes how each person, each part is connected to each other and connected to Jesus. So vertically to Christ, horizontally to each other. And Paul here just helps us briefly understand like how the church works, how the church functions. Now, part of that, really strongly in this text, which we've talked about in other times, is the gifts that God gives to the church. So verse 11 talks about apostles and prophets and, and evangelists and pastors and teachers. And these are gifts or people with these gifts that God has given to the church to equip the church so the church can function in all the gifts and how we're meant to be with one another, how the church is supposed to grow and become apostolic, meaning they're a sending community, how they're meant to be prophetic, meaning at times there's a contrast with what's going on in the world around us, and, or there's a prophetic word to us to, 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 to lean into God's kingdom where we're falling behind. That's prophetic. We're called to be missional, on mission. We're called to be communal and healthy in our relationships. And so pastoral help or counsel often works towards that. And then truthful, 
and so the gift of being of teachers in the church. And so God does all this so the church can bear witness to the world of the good news of Jesus. God does all this so the church can become the family of Jesus, the new family of Jesus on mission that bears witness to the world of the good news of Christ. And some of these core elements of what it means to be family or what it means to be part of the family and what it means to be people in that family is found in verse 13. It's a great vision. Until all of us come to the unity of the faith and the knowledge of the Son of God, to maturity, to the measure of the full stature of Christ. I love how the NIV says this. The NIV says, until as we're reaching unity, as we're becoming mature, as we're attaining the full measure of Christ, it's these words, these par- participles that like we keep moving, we keep growing. And this is the vision, unity, maturity, character formation to look like Jesus. This is all part of what God wants the church to do and work towards and what love builds towards. And then I asked the question, and it had this song in my head. You guys know that song, like, what's love got to do with it? Who wants to sing the tune? Anybody? Like, if I kind of snap my fingers? No? Nobody? Come on. Who's like, who has the guts? Who? Go, 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 go. What's love got? Okay, cool. Yeah, woo. All right. So that's a song in my head. What's love? Okay, she did it much better than I did. So let's, I'll just stop right there. That's the question, right? What does love have to do with this? Because sometimes we think these things will be taken care of by, you know, action and obviously doctrine and truth and teaching, which is all part of that. But Paul inserts love here. Last week, as Paul called us to, you know, to, to nurture the gift of unity that the Spirit already gives to the church so we can affirm one Lord, one faith, one baptism, in the middle of that, he calls us to bear with one another in love, bear with one another in our differences. doesn't mean ignore certain truths, but to bear with one another. And there's two important references to love right here in verse 15 and 16, how we speak to each other and how we serve one another, our communication with one another and our, our contribution to one another, and to the body of Christ. And as Paul ties in love, he's letting us know we can't separate love from these things. We can't separate love from these things. In verse 15, he talks about speaking. He says, speaking the truth in love, we must grow up in every way into him who is the head, into Christ. So there's this trajectory of growing into Christ-likeness. There's this act of speaking truth to one another, but Paul says, speaking the truth in love. And he admits, just the verse prior to that, that this, fam- this new family of Jesus within the world is going to get hit. Hit from the inside, hit from the outside, with deception, with false teaching, with competing narratives that will want to rule over their lives, that will want to detour us from being faithful to Christ and faithful to his calling. And Paul says one protection from this is speaking truth to each other. One protection from us falling that way or detouring that way or getting tempted or believing the lies around us is to speak truth to each other. Now, the first truth that Paul's referring to here is the truth of the gospel. 
It's not just my truth. I'm going to speak my truth. I'm going to make sure everybody knows my truth. I'm going to make sure everybody agrees with what I think and, and that. No, no. The, the truth that he's speaking about here is the truth of the gospel of God's kingdom. Jesus is good news that the kingdom has come near. The good news that Jesus is Lord of the universe, that God is working through Jesus, his son, to reconcile the world back to his vision, his purpose. And we see the glimpse of where that's headed in new creation as we read the end of the story in Scripture. What God started in Israel is fulfilled in Jesus. And the apostolic message, the core apostolic message of the the life and death and burial and resurrection and ascension of Jesus, this Jesus who was fully God and fully man, this is the truth we're called to speak to each other. As we speak this truth to each other, we nurture one another. So that's why Paul, to another church in the first century, the church of Colossians, he says that the message of Christ should dwell in your hearts through faith. That that message of Jesus, the message of the gospel, the message of this good news, the message of God's kingdom should dwell in our hearts through faith. And here Paul says, because there's false narratives, because there's things calling us to detour away, because there's sometimes deception, because even in our own self and our own community, there can be deception. Paul says we must speak this truth to one another because this truth nurtures the life and message of Jesus in us. And that's what unites us. And that's what matures us. And that's what develops us into the character of Jesus. But he adds this little piece. Speak to each other in love. Speak to, in other words, the content is not enough. The information itself is not enough. Because the gospel of love can't be spoken without love. The gospel of love can't be spoken without love. Maturity even is reflected in how we say things, not just that we say them. You might want to say something to someone, and I would, I would like venture out just to be bold and say, the content of what you say is, is very important, but how you say it also shows your maturity. It shows your level of maturity. Because if love doesn't exist within our communication of this gospel truth, then we're less like Christ than we think we are. N.T. Wright said it like this. He said, the truth of the God of love can't be commended by loveless speech. The truth of the love of God can't be commended by loveless speech. And I would say that I've heard over and over again, we get so rallied up when something truthful is said. And when, and when we do some homework and look at like the wake behind the, the, like these people speaking the gospel with loveless action or loveless words, often the wake is that something maybe happens right away and then over a year or two it's lost. Didn't catch. Because the gospel wasn't communicated. The gospel of love wasn't communicated in love. We can scare people into anything for five minutes. Right? We can, we can say a lot of stuff that will jolt people, but it doesn't mean that that's necessarily going to stick. The truth of the God of love can't be commended by loveless speech. So the first truth Paul's speaking about is the truth of the gospel. The second truth I'd say like is secondary, not primary, is how we confront one another with honest truth or honest assessment. In other words, some things need to be said in order for us to grow up. I've experienced that. You've experienced that. 
right? Sometimes we need to hear some important things. Last week, I, I kind of joked, you know, that, that, that my wife bears with me, you know, with my espresso machine on my counter because she loves a clean counter, right? And so that was, that was kind of, you know, a funny piece of that. And then I got a little bit more serious. And I said, you know what? There's other things that my wife has bared with me in love, like some of my character flaws, some of the ways that she, she you know, she married someone thinking I was going to grow out of X, Y, Z, and it took longer than she thought. So she bared with me in some of these more serious things. You know, when we use the word bearing with one another in love, that can, like, on, the fa- on, on one side of the coin, it can sound dismissive. Yeah, you know what? I'm going to bear with you in love can sound like I'm going to dismiss what you're doing. And that can feel like one side. For the sake of peace, if we take that to the extreme, for the sake of peace, we can just bear with people in love, and that might sound dismissive. But I want to, there's parts of like how my wife bears with me that is not dismissive. And, and obviously I'm sharing how she bears with me. I'm not going to sit and tell you how I bear with her because you can ask her those questions. Because we all bear with each other in different ways. But she's bared with me towards my growth. Not dismissing things that I stopped growing, but towards my growth. So I would grow out of things like an unhealthy workaholism that I inherited from my family and other things in my life. An un- unhealthy levels of ambition. Ambition's not bad, but sometimes I had some unhealthy levels of ambition. And so my wife bared with me in my growth, but sometimes it took like a spoken word of truth to say, Dave, this is unhealthy for you, for us, for life. See, sometimes love requires truthful conversation that confronts. And it ties back to maturity. And here I want to put this on the screen. It's important. Maturity grows from honest assessment and acceptance of who we are now so we can become who we're meant to be. Maturity is not just knowledge. Maturity is not just age. Maturity is not just, uh, you know, only, only experiencing something. Maturity grows from an honest assessment and acceptance of who we are now so we can become who we're meant to be. And often a catalyst for that maturity is a loving, truthful word that you hear. That's often the catalyst for, that, for maturity, is a, is a dose of truth from a loving source. It doesn't mean that other uh, communications of truth don't get our attention. But in general here, what we're talking about is a loving source of truth. That catalyzes this. I was talking to someone that is part of our church community that hasn't been for a while, and uh, I bumped into them, and uh, the first thing they asked me, you know, was um, something about, like, vaccines and, and the general climate and culture and the church, and, um, and they asked me, like, couldn't I come? I said, yeah, yeah, you can come. And so then they asked me something about, you know, vaccines and stuff, and I said, you know, I said, hey, you are so welcome to come. I would love for you to come. And then I said, because I just, I, I knew where they were headed with the conversation. I said, but we do have some guidelines in place. And, oh, like what? I said, like, you know, like you got to wear masks. And this person right away said, I don't wear masks anywhere. I said, oh, man. So I said, well, how do I bear with this guy in love? Do I, dis- do I just dismiss it and say, you know what? We love you anyways. You can come as a maskless individual <laughs> into our church community. And I said, you know what? I said, I would so love for you to be there, but there's other people I would love to be there as well. And in our church community, we have a wide spectrum 
of, of, of health vulnerability. We have a wide spectrum of age. We have some older people in our church. We have some people with kids at home with asthma. We have some people that, that some people, like their spouses are going through serious cancer treatments and they have immune deficiency problems right now. And so out of love and care for one another, we're asking everyone to wear masks, to sanitize, to social distance. So I had that choice in that moment. Do I, do I go to the full side of this, bear with this person in love in a dismissive way, or bear with this person in love, but in that moment, I just I needed to share something with him seriously. And then you know how he responded? I was gr- so grateful, because he could have said, well, if that's the truth you're telling me, then forget it. He said, you know what? If that's the reason, I can totally get behind that. If that's the reason, I can totally get behind it. Now, we... we probably disagree on a couple of things in other areas, right? But it's okay. It was a moment of how do we bear with each other in love? How do we share truth? Here's the thing, and, and I want this to, to, you guys to read this off the screen as well. Love will compel us to speak. That, that's why we share truth with one another. Love will compel us to speak. But love must also shape the characteristic of our speaking. Love will compel you to speak truth whether it's the truth of the gospel because you're so convicted about it or it's a truth that you need to confront someone with, but love will also shape, should also shape the characteristic of our speaking. That's one of the ways that Paul ties love to building up the church. We need this kind of speaking truth and love to one another. But he has another reference to love and it's, it's in serving and it's this idea that the, body, the, church, the church is a body. The church is a community. And each of us, members of Christ's body, all have a part to play. We're all equipped for ministry. And, and Paul leads into this towards the end of this short section where he says, you know, we grow into Christ who is the head. So Christ, from whom the whole body, joined and knit together by every ligament with which it is equipped, as each part is working properly promotes the body's growth in building itself up in love. In other words, all that we do, all that we contribute to, our speaking and now our serving, it's done in love. So here, here's why we know it's serving. He says, as each part is working properly. So just like body functions, our parts of our body have to work properly, but they are working like, as soon as I'm, I move my arm here, there's parts in my elbow that are working. There's parts in my brain that are working. So a moving body, and, you know, don't get me to break dance here, but a moving body here always requires working body parts somewhere, somehow. Even if it's our thoughts. And so Paul says each part of the body of Christ is working properly. So there's an assumption here that each of us, you and me, and everyone you lock eyes with in this space or with us online or part of our church community, each of us play a part in the life and mission of the church. Each of us do. Paul calls it our equipped to, be, to minister to one another. Now, Sometimes we think that that's just a vision or a project. You know, like if we've got to set up the chairs in this room, so now here's the project. We're all going to get together and set up the chairs in this room. But it's not, it's not, I want us to be careful because sometimes we can use unity and we can use maturity and we can use Christ-like character formation to accomplish stuff. If we're united, we can accomplish this. If, if we're mature, we can be more effective. If we're more like Christ, we'll be uh, a better reflection of Jesus in the world. And that's true. I mean, unity unites and 
gets, you know, helps us to accomplish stuff and maturity is more effective and being like Christ is way better uh, for the world than not being like Christ. But I want us to understand that the unity, that the maturity, that the Christ-likeness is part of the vision. It is part of the vision. And so our serving one another, our ministry to each other in various forms actually builds unity, actually helps us mature, actually helps us become more Christ-like because we each play a part, not just in building the church. You know, unfortunately, we go to numbers, like numerically. If we can build the church, if we can see the church grow by 10%, or we can see double the amount of people, or if we can double our gatherings, I mean, that's, that's nice, that's good because we want to see people come to faith but the heart of this passage is that we're, we're being built formationally, not, numeric, not just numerically, formationally and characteristically in unity and maturity in Christlikeness. So your ministry, whatever it is, whether it's through a ministry of the church or with the body in some more organic ways that's being done personally outside of these walls, is meant to build unity to help us grow in maturity and to help us grow into the character of Christ. If that's not our goal, then our ministry to one another can fail. Now, here's where love comes into this. Your gift and your time and your capacity determines how you serve, you know, what you're good at. And, you know, whether you speak or sing or teach or clean or construct or crunch numbers or help people or pray for people or disciple or mentor, whatever that means, we each need each other in this capacity. But that's not primarily what we're talking about in terms of growing the church. We're talking about growing each other. We're talking about growing in unity and maturity in Christlikeness. The goal is always building the family of Jesus up. And Paul says we're being built up in love. The body of Christ builds itself up in love. So it's not just an act of serving that builds. It's serving in love. Love becomes the catalyst. We've all been part of stuff where we just do things. But doing something is not the goal. We do it towards a greater purpose. We saw the vision. But Paul says it must be tied to love. Love is the catalyst that helps build the body up. And, and so I want to just... I want to end with this, but I want, to, I want to help us understand something. Love doesn't mean, it's not a feeling, right? We always say this, like love is not just a feeling. Like because I feel, I don't know, so excited about something now, that means that I love it. And, and, and that, you, you can go wrong in that way, right? Because sometimes feelings can subside or you can have a lack of energy one day or you can just be bummed out about something so it affects your excitement. Love is not necessarily like to build the body up in love, to serve in love is not directly related to how you feel or how I feel or how passionate I am or how excited I am or how much energy I have or does it fit into my schedule? Does it fit into my strengths? Sometimes that's how we feel. And so how we, we bring how we feel to the table because if we feel awesome and excited and passionate and if it fits greatly in our schedule and our stage of life, then we say, oh, this is amazing. I love to do this. But that can be deceiving, right? So those things I just mentioned are important how you serve. Your schedule, fitting into your schedule or maybe moving your schedule around so you can serve. Fitting into your strengths or maybe God calls you to serve for a brief time in your weakness. 
you know, how you feel, what you're passionate about, your excitement, your energy, your gifts. That's how we serve. But the love behind it is more than just the how. If we're rooted in love and we're established in the love of God and the way of Jesus, that becomes noticeable. That becomes noticeable. And I think back to the life of Jesus. It was hard to misunderstand Jesus' motive in everything he said and did. Why is it that so many people can be attracted to the life of Jesus? See, yes, there's a contrast. Yes, he calls us to something. Yes, the world, at times, the powers and authorities will reject it. But there's something about how Jesus lived his life. And it's hard for people to misunderstand, to, to confuse his motive. It's hard for people not to look at the life of Jesus and what he did and how he spoke and who he hung out with and, and, and how he filled his time and what he died for and how he died, not to stand back and say, he was motivated by love. He was motivated by love. Jesus taught us about rest and rhythm and setting time aside and, you know, sometimes walking away from the crowd. But Jesus' life wasn't so perfectly curated to his wants and desires and feelings that's like, well, that's, yeah, that's why he loved what he did. No, he did what he did because he loved. He hung out with all kinds of people, people that were different than him, religious leaders and anti-religious leaders, the overly religious and the overly rebellious, those that society marginalized. He stopped for all kinds of people. He spent time for people. He spent three days in Samaria after talking to a woman at a well just to meet her family. Why did, I don't know, he spent so many days. Some people, some people would say, that doesn't fit in my schedule. I got, I got stuff to do. And he walked the road of the cross because it's not hard to look at Jesus' life and say, this was motivated by love. And that love built the kingdom of God. And so our speaking and our serving in love is ultimately for the good of others ultimately for the good of others. I think of myself, and I, I want to be very cautious. You know, I, I feel like I'm part of the church. And, and you, got, you know, so many times, you know, when people say, well, what should I call you? And I say, just call me David. That's my first name. That's awesome. You know, you don't need to call me by a title. But aren't you the pastor? Yeah, I'm the pastor. That's my role. And so I see my, but I see myself as a player. I see myself as a player with all of us. We're all players in this team called Westside of this local church and the greater body of Christ in the city and the world. I recognize that. But I also recognize some of the gifts God's given me for the church in my role. And then I see myself as an equipper. And here's the, here's the, the, the caution. Whenever we uh, use a role like that is that leadership doesn't become authoritarian or, or filled with selfish ambition. Because when it happens, and I'm not saying I'm not prone to it because I'm, we're all prone to this stuff. But when that happens, it wrecks the person and it wrecks the church. It wrecks the person and it wrecks the church and it wrecks the wake of people around that. And so I want to be very uh, aware of that. That the motivation is love. That leadership is not authoritarian. That, that, that it's not selfish ambition. And, for, and, and then as, as a player with all of us, as part of this team, love means that we cast aside self-promotion and we seek the well-being of others. And I want you to be careful. Don't think that the, the introvert is never self-promoting and the extrovert is always self-promoting. It's just easier for the extrovert to self-promote because they're louder. 
But, the, but we can do self-promotion as an introvert or an extrovert. We can seek our own good as an introvert or an extrovert. We must recognize that serving out of love is casting aside self-promotion and casting aside, uh, you know, serving our own well-being to serve the well-being of others. So when Paul brings this together in what does it mean to be rooted and established in love and how that overflows in how we serve the church, love becomes the posture in our speaking to one another and are serving one another. And that becomes the foundation of a healthy church community, a soil that forms us in the image of Jesus, a soil that unites us and that matures us and that, that challenges us to grow because love builds this. Of course, it's based on Jesus. Of course, he's the head. Of course, it's the apostolic witness we read in the New Testament. But Paul ties it to love because without love, if it's a loveless communication, if it's a loveless contribution, that it will not build. And the goal is that we grow. I love what, how one person describes the church, and it fits into this. Douglas Campbell says, the secret of the universe and the point of the whole story that encompasses all of us is God's plan to draw us into a community imaged and formed by the resurrected Jesus. Everyone in this community will therefore be a brother and or sister. Our destiny is to be a band of brothers. That's a, that's a Shakespearean term. A band of brothers, which is to say a family of siblings in glorious Trinitarian community. That's what the Holy Spirit wants to build among us in this small pocket of our city. And so as, as we kind of step into life out of this talk and out of this, tech, this text, I want us to just practice something as we, as we discern this because we're all speaking at times or we're all have the opportunity to speak. Now, sometimes you, you lack the courage to confront and that's another message and another, you know, how we unpack this. But I want us to just practice something that's tied to our speaking and our serving. It's really simple. I'm going to just put four words on the screen, and those four words are just a way to help us. Because here's the thing. We, you and I, we're going to fail at this. I fail at this. I fail at times of what it means to speak in love. I fail at what it means to serve out of love. I fail because I'm human. And, and selfish ambition or, or self-promotion or these things, like, not all of us. And so... In our walk, in our movement forward, whether you're serving now or going to serve or exploring, or you're in, in, you know, we're all speaking with people from time to time. I want us to just think about these four things really briefly. I'm literally just going to list them. So here's the practice. If you find yourself speaking out of, uh, without love, and if you find yourself serving or wanting to serve not connected to love, so just here's the thing. If you find yourself... If there's a check in your spirit or you're made aware or through conversation with others, you come to this realization quickly, man, I'm not, I'm not approaching this person in love. I'm not going to say these words in love. If that's where you find yourself or you're serving but not out of love, then I want you to stop. Just stop for a second. Pause. Don't say anything. Don't approach that person. Just stop. Wait and say, if you're going to serve... I'm not saying don't serve it. I'm saying stop. Recognize this for a moment. So the next word is examine. And invite the spirit to examine you. The psalmist says, like, examine my heart, God. Test my thoughts. Know my anxious thoughts. Examine. So stop, then examine. Say, what is going on here? Why do I want to say these words? What's the motivation? Why am I lacking love? Why am I serving here? Why am I serving here? 
Am I serving out of the love of God expressed in Christ? And, and just examine yourself. And then the next word is invite. Because you're not alone. The Holy Spirit wants to grow us, wants to shape us. So we invite the Holy Spirit. Say, Holy Spirit, show me what I'm lacking here. Show me where I'm falling short. Show me the love that's lacking here. And you invite the Holy Spirit to come in and speak and bring healing and restoration and maybe conviction in that. And then I say proceed, and I'm going to add with caution. Why with caution? Because we're human. Because if I just say, oh, I got it, I stopped, I reflected, spirit, you're behind me, just proceed with caution. Why? Test the waters. Make sure. So when, maybe you're going to go speak to that person, and you did speak to that person. Proceed with caution. That just means then step back and say, how did that go? Did I share this out of love? How did that last time I served go? Did I, was I serving out of love? You proceed. Don't stop. Proceed. Move forward. But proceed reflectively. So stop, examine, invite, proceed. And imagine what happens when we do that. I believe the Holy Spirit wants to be working in all of us, individually and together, when we take that posture. Something beautiful is going to happen. Because when we start speaking and serving in love, the scriptures tell us that we will be built up we will build, be built up. We will grow in unity. We will grow in maturity. We will grow in Christ-likeness. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we even stop right now just to pause and reflect. Right now in this moment, we want to examine our own hearts. I know that there's many people in this room that speak and serve out of love. I know. But I also know how, how, how often it's easy to fall into the temptation of speaking without love, serving without love. Whatever the reasons are, whatever the reasons are, God, we just want to be open and bare before you. We invite your Holy Spirit to help us recognize that where necessary. And we invite your Holy Spirit to lead us to the truth and fullness and person and power of Jesus, the one who reflected love through his whole life in his bold statements and in his tender loving care with people. We invite the Holy, your Holy Spirit to begin to shape us, not just now in this moment, but even as we leave this place this week. And then give us the courage not to step back, but to proceed because you call us to speak to one another in love. You call us to speak the truth of the gospel in and around us. You call us at times in loving relationships to share an honest word with a friend. You call us to serve. So we don't want to hold back. We want to proceed. But help us proceed reflectively, knowing that at times we can fall out of that, the healthy ambition of love. But we proceed moving forward, trusting that you're leading us and guiding us, that you're calling us into this because you want to use each and every one of us, each and every one of us in each other's lives, in each other's circumstances, in each other's struggles, in each other's successes, in each other's spiritual growth and maturity. Oh God, use us. Use us to nurture unity here. 
use us to nurture and catalyze maturity in each other. Use us, oh God, to catalyze formation into the likeness of Jesus amongst each other, God. And may we trust, Lord, as we grow in unity and maturity in Christ-likeness, that that is the heartbeat of the growth you long for us and the overflow of ministry and mission and impact will come by the guidance and power of your Holy Spirit. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thanks for listening. We hope this message helps guide you on your spiritual journey of discovering the life and message of Jesus. We update this podcast weekly, so why not hit subscribe and journey with us? Who are we? Westside Gathering is a local church in the West Island of Montreal. We're a simple community of faith where we want you to feel welcome, even if you're not into church or religion. We meet every Sunday, but you can also find smaller groups, environments, and resources for all ages between Sundays. Find out more at westsidegathering.com. You can also find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Vimeo. We'd love to hear from you. Ask a question, ask for help, or let us know how we can pray for you. If you'd like to contribute financially, just go to westsidegathering.com forward slash giving. Until next time, peace.